The Staff and Graph Podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. In looks are salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. Welcome back to the Staff and Graph Podcast. I am Mike Stevens of Sports Illustrated and the Hockey News, and sitting across from me is the one and only future first female GM in NHL history, and also a Sports Illustrated and the Hockey News, Rachel Dory. Rachel, look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ask you how you're doing because I know it's rough. You had a, you know you had a hard episode and all that, but you're here, you're breathing, you're talking, uh, which I guess goes to show that your heart is still beating, which is nice. And we get to do what is also great to warm your heart, which is get mad about dumb people this year because this is the naughty list episode so rachel i guess aside from the health problems how you doing i mean aside from like existential like am i gonna die in my sleep like i'm doing Mm -hmm. okay i'm actually sitting in my grandmother's room in the new house so hell yeah um yeah she's not here right now but um it's kind of cool so yeah i'm at the new place if you hear construction in the background it's because we have to completely redo one of the floors in our house so that um, I can have a bedroom and my brother can have a bedroom and we can have a laundry room. So if you hear that, I'll apologize in advance for that. Um, but this is, I'm hoping today will be my second day in a row of not actually passing out. Hey, fantastic. <laughs> you know, you want to string as many of those days together as you can. So that's Because contrary sweet. to popular belief, it's not actually fun to just drop on the floor. <laughs> No, I, I've heard, I haven't heard good things about it, so um, it's going to be good. But hey, things are things are going to be okay. You know, as much as it sucks, we're in the middle of a lockdown right now, or not really a lockdown, just restrictions have been enforced. Quebec's in the middle of a lockdown. Luck, we're we're luckier than Quebec, at least. I know, but they took proactive measures, so like yeah. Well, hey, you know, if you want to, you can stop on by to the LCBO to pick up a, you know, a fifth of Jack and a rapid test. Nope, they're sold out. (laughs) Yeah, you know, so. Oh, can we point something out? If you are selling rapid tests, I hope that you slip on ice and hurt yourself. (laughs) You're on the naughty list. Basically, we've seen from the start of the pandemic when there was that guy who bought 70,000 um, like hand sanitizers and, and like Lysol wipes and all that. And then tried to like mark them up like crazy and then got shut down and then was just left with a, these like 70,000 individual hand sanitizers in his garage and B the overwhelming debt that what he would have racked up from buying 70,000, you know, hand sanitizers is remarkable. People love to look at, you know, an opportunity for suffering and turn it into, you know, some sort of, uh, excuse to profit. Which is great. We love that from our society. And if the movie Joker has taught us anything, Rachel, as we've said many times, we truly do live in a society. Yeah. Um, so just, now you befo- know what? Just don't do that. Honestly, just don't do it. Yeah. Please. Now, I, I want to say, like, we're, we're going to do the, this is the Naughty List episode, so we're not doing headlines, we're not doing plot points, whatever, because honestly, it's all COVID stuff. It's all COVID. And Doesn't nobody matter. wants that. Yeah. This like, is the, like, the people that we hope the Grinch steals their Christmas. And I want to say something right off the bat. So Rachel's grandma likes to listen to the show. I love her. You know, she's my muse. And um, what happens is she, you know, being, you know, a woman of class and grace, she doesn't like swearing. So unfortunately, this episode, because we are going to talk about Doug Ford, unfortunately, this episode, um, there's going to be some profanity. (laughs) And I just want to give you a heads up to not judge Rachel or I from from these words, because like I said, there will be some profanity, some strong language. Um, but I Why think it's I? warranted not, in this there's case. There's no problems. There's no problems. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna refrain from from I'm gonna try at least to refrain from ex- like spewing the thoughts that I really have about Doug Ford, which might get me arrested. But I'm uh, and we're also gonna save him till last. We're gonna get through yes. all of the other stuff, and then when we're at our most mad, then I'm going to for my own like heart sake, mm-hmm. I'm gonna remain calm. Because we don't want me having a hard episode in the middle of the broadcast. Um, and Mike is Absolutely. going to yell about Doug Ford a lot. Yeah, because he has robbed me of, and everyone else, of two years of our 20s. 
and uh, yeah, it's gonna be great. Anyway, Rachel, I have like I, I have like maybe one or two that we don't have listed here that I might pull out depending on you know if time allots and and what happens here. But let's just hop right into it, Rachel. So up first on the naughty list, and this is more a more recent edition is people that tried to diagnose Rachel's heart condition on Twitter, which I saw <laughs> the last couple of days. Um, it's, it is remarkable how many doctors decided to join Twitter in the last little bit. Like, it's remarkable. I literally, the best part about it was, can you read? Because I said I have a heart issue. Like, do you think, let's just back this up for a second. Do you think that I got a congenital heart issue? from the vaccine do you understand that that means i would have to time travel 25 years ago get the vaccine before i was born and and then and now that i've time traveled i'd obviously allow covid and like all of this stuff to happen 100 percent. and now the vaccine has made me sick <laughs> yeah I, I don't see any, i don't see any holes in that argument you're part, you're part of the vaccinated elite, which means that you clearly are able to time travel. Yeah. So I was just like, I saw that. And the amount of people that were like, you see, the vaccine causes heart issues. I'm like, I don't think the, the myocarditis is something that's like one in a million. But you want to know what I don't have, Mike? What don't you have, Rachel? Myocarditis. What, what do you have? I have there's a litany but i have ex- oh, okay. i have severe vasovagal syncope and i have a leaky heart valve neither of those things are caused by the vaccine well that first one is is definitely a, a mouthful to to pronounce i'll give you that or you um, could call it neurocardiac syncope which, whichever you prefer does that sound like it's related to the vaccine no i think we should <laughs> call it a heart a heart issue and yeah. just kind of go from there but like what I love, Twitter has just gotten more ridiculous. The the like as time goes on, like I really do think that that society and I again society um, shouldn't have the ability to share its every like every thought on a whim. The amount of people who became experts in epidemiology and vaccines that couldn't help their children with like their grade six science homework is astounding. Like it like, really for, okay. is. Like for example. Like, this is why I think people shouldn't, and, and I've learned, thankfully I've learned, I still do this occasionally, but thankfully I've learned, you know, how to, how to restrain myself on Twitter. But like, for example, I went to go see Spider-Man and let me just say, you know, we all know that, you know, I'm, I'm into the, you know, the older women and, and all that. And Marissa Tomei is, is Ant-Man in that movie. Okay. And I, and she is, you know, absolutely gorgeous. And I wanted to, you know, tweet out something like, you know. If oh, I Jesus like Christ. Peter Parker's a, you know, like Tom Holland's a better man than me. Cause if I had Marissa Tomei, we'd be making a different kind of movie, you know, and something like that. And I was like, and then I thought, you know what? No, I'm not going to tweet that yeah. because I think that's probably not a good thing to do. Not a good <laughs> thing to represent my brand with, you know, it's a fun thing I can tell my friends and, and, you know, and respect her, her credentials as an actress and, and as a great character in that movie and go see it. It's great. But you know, I'm not going to do that. And yet like, there's so many people on here who like, their their instant whim is just like all right what's a dumb and that's just and that's an example of like a dumb thought that goes into my brain but yeah. people don't have that filter and they tweet it out and it's ridiculous which Man, goes like to like some you, of the replies to this tweet had me like yeah. rolling like, like you're out here being like i have a like i have a heart condition like you're being very open about how and, and people are like you know they have their own idea of, of what you know the vaccine does their own idea it's not based in fact and they try and they just go at you not thinking i don't know it's it's dumb yeah this guy sounds like the vaccine didn't protect you or it is the actual cause of your heart issue (laughs) okay makes no sense makes no sense yep so anyone who decided like i would actually recommend go read the replies to that tweet they are incredible like they're actually a time i've been howling for like a day and a half about this Anyways, mm-hmm. let's get to hockey-related ones. I had to get that in there because I was like, wow, yeah. I got a whole brand new like list of heart conditions. Damn, look at all those doctors. Aren't you so lucky that <laughs> all those doctors Pedersen are there to help Hughes, you? Dr. Pedersen Hughes, 96-22-43. Alright, hit me with the next one, Rachel. Uh, this one is your forte because you did a lot of like yeah. reporting on this. The Chicago Blackhawks and anyone involved with what happened 
surrounding that organization this year. Yeah, every single person involved, whether like, I mean, there are obviously there are a lot like, you know, there are like Paul Vincent, for example, definitely not included in this. He came, he corroborated and everything. But I mean, like everyone who aided and abetted that situation, who covered it up, who turned a blind and that's and that's including people who like knew of it and weren't in a position of power, but just didn't say anything. Duncan Keith, for example, Duncan Keith, a coward who we'll get to um, and, and everything like that. What we've what we've learned, and obviously, you know, we can't say definitively, but everyone who's in a position where they'd be able to speak freely about this has shown that has at least suggested or straight out, you know, affirmed that everyone in that locker room knew about this, knew right. that it happened. And everyone in that locker room did nothing. You know, I, like Brent Sopel and Nick Boynton are the two players who brought it to Paul Vincent, who then brought it to management. And that's great. And I talked to Brent Sobel about it and he, even he feels, you know, regret that he didn't do it sooner, you know? So I can't imagine like, so if you, if you talk about the guy who actually helped this become, you know, helped, helped this be resolved, he even, he feels like he didn't do it sooner. Imagine what all these other players, um, how much they dropped the ball. So yeah, anyone, and that's, and what we, at least we've seen is that for the most part, everyone who has been involved from this in a hockey ops perspective is no longer in their position, you know, Stan Bowman's gone. Uh, uh, Al McIsaac's gone. Um, uh, Joel Quinville's gone. Uh, for, for like, even for lesser reasons, like for reasons that aren't attributed to this, but probably should be like Mark Bergevin's gone. You know, uh, all of these, anyone who saw John this, McDonough's gone. John McDonough's gone. Anyone who, anyone who played a part in covering up the trauma that Kyle Beach went through is no longer, no longer holds a position of power in the sport. Most of those people, I would say Kevin Sheveldayoff is still employed and whether or not we want to get into that is a different thing. Um, but it's at least there's some solace in that. And also Kyle did get a settlement, which is great, but everyone like this it is still a lifetime. Take away what happened. To him. Absolutely not. This is a lifetime naughty list. Oh a yeah. Lifetime Perma. naughty list. Yeah. It's Perma ridiculous. Grinch list. All right. Next up is the coyotes owners. Man, Rachel, I, you know, like we don't, you know how we like just looped everyone in the Blackhawks organization. They're like, we're not, we are directly pointing at the Coyotes ownership here because it's not Bill Armstrong's job to pay the taxes. Exactly. And if it is, if it like, it's not Bill Armstrong's job to pay the taxes, even though we've heard, we haven't heard great things about Bill Armstrong. Like, if you no, read he, Katie you know Strang's, what, to be fair, he's also on the naughty list for like threatening Katie Strang. Yeah. Like it's, it's. Which He's also don't the, do that. <laughs> yeah, don't right, like you're gonna come at Katie Strang. You you if you come for the king, you best not miss. And uh, they missed or the queen, I guess. But yeah, uh, look, I have never gotten a more pissy response to a, to a request to comment from a team than the Coyotes sent me before my story went live, or after I guess my story went live because I sent it to them, they didn't reply, and so we just said they were, they have not responded, and then they came back and. It was just, yeah, like wait, their head PR guy. I don't know. I like I'll, I'll have to go through my emails. Any a team spokesperson when I, I emailed their like PR person and their team spokesperson after the story was published came back and was like FYI, all the bills have been paid, which was false because they just paid a new, another bill yesterday to prevent themselves from getting locked out. So that was false already. And then I the request to comment wasn't even about the bills. It was about the fact they hadn't paid rent. And he just ignored that completely and said, all the bills are already paid. Refer to our initial statement. Um, yeah, what? That's not the same thing. Exactly. So it's... Yeah, it's ridiculous. Anyway, yeah, the, the thing that... What, what, I, what I think the, uh, the pandemic has done is really like heighten the anger and also shed a light on just how how like heartless corporations are and yeah and and really like you know shine a light on like just these poor business practices that capitalism i guess has fostered and the coyotes essentially are that where they have a a, a you know they, they they have the ability or not the ability they have a pattern of hiring vendors not paying them like defaulting on payments and then because they're you know like a, a like a multi-million dollar corporation grinding them down with litigation and until until they eventually pay you know like a far lesser sum than they already would have through just so like the vendor can be like all right well at least just give me something which is terrible it's a terrible business practice and if it wasn't 
if it wasn't for the Glendale city manager coming public with this, it's highly unlikely they would have actually paid. Like this was an impetus for them to do it. It was 17 months. And the guy was like, listen, like this is the only way we think we can do it. And yeah. Just and pay you your know bills, what? man. Like I, and I'm not, Jesus I'm not Christ. And look there, there, this is a situation like we're, we're talking about a, like we're not taking the side of a landlord here. Like there's going to no, be, there's, but there's like you never, there's a difference between taking the side of a landlord against like a tenant, like a, a person and a professional sports franchise that makes money off of using said building. You do not make money off of renting your condo. It's not the same thing. Not to mention, like, if you didn't pay your rent for all that time, you'd have been kicked out. So, like, it's absolutely not the same. Not to mention, Katie Strang had, like, a full expose on how the Coyotes owners and, like, higher-ups were treating their employees. Then you have the, first of all, like, last year they drafted Mitchell Miller. So, like, there's that. Yeah. Right. And then you have that expose on how they're treating their employees. Now you have them not paying their taxes or their rent. Like at some point, the buck stops at the top and it's with the owner. Like the difference between Alex Morello and Jeff Molson is that Jeff Molson took accountability and made changes. Yeah. But also at least at least the Coyotes renounced the draft pick. I, like, I, I think that's coming. I, I hope so. I, think I sincerely coming. hope so, because it's uh it's pretty ridiculous that Logan Mayu is still part of that. Like that was a that was clearly a Bergevin, Trevor Timmons, you know, and we'll get to them. Oh yeah, um, like pet project, and they re- and essentially they got screwed. Uh, and and now that and now that they're like now that they're gone, Jeff Gordon's looking at this being like I inherited a sex criminal as a prospect, right? And of which he called out when he was drafted. Like Jeff Gordon was on NHL Network, yeah. and he was like, "Ah, uh, what?" Like I, I would boot that. I don't care how good that player is. I literally like I don't care, and he's not very good. good but I w- <laughs> exactly. But like, even if this was you know the next Ovechkin or whatever, but he was convicted of this, and he had asked people anyway. No, we're we're stepping on that. Yes, the Coyotes owners pay your bills. Don't like don't get pissy about this because and don't threaten journalists. Don't threaten journalists. Don't get pissy about this. What I hated about this is that the Coyotes made it seem like Glendale being like, please pay. Like, first of all, the city of Glendale, like, that's not their money. That is taxpayer money. That is, you know, the that is the mailman's money. That is, you know, the that is that is the librarian's money. That is the like that, you know, that's the, the public worker health at, money, you know, for like the pandemic. Yeah, that's that's the, you know, the worker at Dunkin Donuts money. That's ev- like that is the citizens of Glendale's money that the Coyotes essentially just took and were not going to pay back. And I like it's just such a poor business practice. And it just like with all of these freaking all the Coyotes do is put a blight on the league like look at where they're look at even from a hockey perspective look at where they are right now they all they do they exist to default on bills and launder draft picks and contracts they are a money laundering front essentially like how many times it's become a meme now that if a player who is injured before his contract ends has to is like forced into quote-unquote retirement but can't and the team wants to get rid of that contract they'll send it to arizona because they're not going to pay any money for their actual own team but they'll but they'll take that they'll, they'll take that you know terrible contract that has no actual money left on it but cap money left on it absorb that take an asset from it and go from there twice this offseason teams teams gave like paid them teams traded them a player for no return just yeah. so they could get the con- like it is they they exist to suck and to rack up debt that is it and so I would love to see hockey thrive in Arizona I would love to and Look, they might be on a great rebuild. They have a billion draft picks in the next couple of years. But doesn't like, matter what? if they don't have a place to play. It doesn't matter if they don't have a place to play. And it also like like who, who what what possible confidence can we have that even when those players come and they, you know, they they flourish and everything, what possible confidence do we have that they'll be able to resign them? Like it's like who knows who their owner will be by then? You know, their their owner is like the defense against the dark arts teacher in Harry Potter. There's like he doesn't last a year. It's a new one every year. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So what did you? We had what? We had Quirrell, Gilderoy Lockhart, yeah. Snape. Uh, no, we had Quirrell, Gilderoy Lockhart, Lupin. Yeah, but Snape was one as well. No, he was never. He was never Defense Against the Dark Arts. Yes, he was for a year. He was at the end. He was when uh, when Dumbledore died. Spoiler alert. 
and everyone. <laughs> Spoiler alert! If you don't know that like, by now, I can't was, help you. Fourth was Mad Eye Mooney, but it wasn't actually Mad Eye Mooney. It, it was, was it was the dude disguised as Mad Eye Mooney. Exactly. Um, well, then we, fifth I was way too much. Hair. It was Dolores. Yeah. Fifth was Umbridge. Dolores Umbridge, the one of the best villains in I fiction. Hate her. Oh my god! Like <laughs> my she least is favorite also word in her My least favorite word in the English language is the "see you next Tuesday" word. Yeah. But she yes. is a bona fide see you next Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Um and then six was uh it was that new guy, uh Slughorn, I think. Yeah, Slughorn. And then and then seven, they weren't even in school, and I think that's when Snape took over. Um But it's But oh, it's literally and you that. had the um the Caro siblings that were in charge of like punishing people. Oh yeah. But it's that's what the that's what the Arizona Coyotes ownership is like. You know, like they how many owners or presidents or all that have they cycled through? It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, I, don't I don't know. know. It's wild. Anyways, another set of owners. Hit me. Hit me, Rachel. The Buffalo Sabres and... I love that. That is the sound of another sale on Shopify. The all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify is a platform designed for anyone to sell anywhere. Giving entrepreneurs like me the resources that were once reserved for big business and it's customized to your needs you get a great looking online store that really helps bring your ideas to life and tools to manage the day-to-day and drive sales and i'm speaking about this from experience i'm really passionate about bass fishing and a little over five years ago i started an e-commerce bass fishing brand with my best friend aaron called woo tungsten actually it's pronounced woo tungsten w-o-o exclamation mark because that's the sound you make when you catch a giant bass and it was a no-brainer to do this on shopify because they've made it so easy every step of the way from creating product listings to making discount codes to managing shipments in fact if you want to see what an e-commerce store looks like on shopify go to wootungsten.com and you can see and it's No wonder that every 28 seconds, a small business owner makes their first sale on Shopify. You can get started by building and customizing your online store with no coding or design experience. And you can gain knowledge and confidence with extensive resources to help you succeed. Plus, with 24-7 support, you're never alone. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash bluewire, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial, and you'll get access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Start selling on Shopify today, just like me, just like Wu Tungsten, by going to shopify.com slash bluewire right now. That's shopify.com slash bluewire. Whatever the hell that was this year from that organization, mm. n- preventing Jack Eichel from having the surgery he wanted, then holding him hostage because mm. they didn't like In pain. the trade value. And then it comes out that like Kevin Adams like wanted to trade him so that he could have the surgery and the ownership was like holding out. So like I'm not even going to hold Kevin Adams accountable here because it seems like he was ready to make a deal. And like the ownership just wasn't going to do it. And honestly, the way that Pagulas treat the Sabres, like Sabres fans deserve a lot better. The Pagulas treat the Sabres the same way that uh, Josh Harris treats the Devils. It's there in, in Buffalo's case, the Bills are the big brother. And in New Jersey's case, the 76ers are the big brother. And you're like the ugly stepchild. Like, they just, yeah. it's so bad. And the Buffalo Sabres fans are so loyal and like they've been through so much. Like they should not have to put up with a, this garbage from ownership. It's, uh, it, it's so unfair because the Sabres, they consistently play super high in local TV ratings, which matters a lot to the NHL. Um, they like, I'll, I always tell this story. I remember years ago. Uh, and by years ago, I mean, I think like 2018, um, That's I went years to at this point. <laughs> yes. But I mean, I, this sounded like, like when I say years ago, it sounds like I was like eight. No, I was <laughs> in third year of university. I think I went to a bills game with my ex-girlfriend's dad and it was great. We were having fun and I was sitting in front of, um, obviously these two like 10 year old kids or maybe eight, I don't know, um, who are bills fans. 
And, you know, somehow I guess they struck up a conversation with me um, because they were chirping me and I was giving it back to them. And then we, you know, it's like, it's, it's all good natured. Bill's fans are fantastic. I was wearing a Drew oh, yeah. Brees jersey in there because uh, they were playing the Saints and they're, the Saints are my team. I was wearing a, And like everyone was like, if I wore that, if I wore that to Philly, they'd kill me. Like I wouldn't be here recording this podcast. No. Um, but me, they were just giving me like, ah, screw you kid. I'm like, hey, I got you running back in fantasy. And they're like, oh, OK, you're good. Like all that kind of stuff. Or like these two kids, like Bills fans, like they're the people that's like, so, they're like something happening to like an opposing like team's player, and they're like They'll, like oh Andy Dalton. They're just like donating to his charity, like bombarding his charity with money. That's one of the greatest stories. Again, real quick aside, that's one of the greatest stories is that Andy Dalton, the the Bills needed the Bengals to beat the Ravens in this game in the last week of the season to make the playoffs for the first time in twenty years, and Andy Dalton on a fourth down that he definitely didn't need to go for throws a touchdown pass to allow the Bengals to beat the Ravens. Everyone freaks out, and Bills fans I think donated like five hundred grand to Andy yeah. Dalton's charity. It's insane. But anyway, so I'm at this I'm at this Bills game talking to these two kids because they were you know chirping me, chirping them back, and then we're like, ah, hey, you know, how's it going? And then they're like, where are you from? Like from Toronto. And they're like, oh, you're so lucky to have Austin Matthews. I'm like, yeah, you guys are good. Like, you, like, yeah, you suck now, but you got like Jack Eichel. He's like, yeah, but I mean, it's not, it's not what you have. Like, it's, uh, oh. and I'm just like these, these kids are like ten years old. When I was, when I was ten, I was like, yeah, we got Luca Caputi. We're gonna freaking kill you guys. This is awesome. We got Christian Hansen. Like any terrible Leafs prospect, I was hyping up. These kids already were resigned to the fact that even though Eichel was great, it wasn't gonna work out. And look, those kids are probably like fourteen now. <laughs> And they're right. And it's just like the, the the Sabres have sucked for so long under the Pagulas that it has instilled this apathy in the next generation of fans that could kill that fan base. Yeah. And it just sucks. And that's all due to management. Yep. It's, all right. It Next one. And this is the doozy. This is Gary my Bettman. favorite person. Gary Bettman. I don't like I truly don't think other than Doug Ford and we'll get to him. <laughs> I truly don't think there's a person whose face I hate seeing more than Gary Bettman. I hate his voice. I hate his face. I hate his mannerisms. I hate the way I hate the way he talks. I hate his cadence of speech. I hate, you know, I hate the little smug shoulder shimbies he gives whenever he does something. I hate how, you know, he he used his state of the union before the Stanley Cup final to joke around when there were questions about a sexual assault cover up that ended up being the biggest story in sports. I hate everything about this guy. And all I want, like I said in our Christmas list, all I want is for him to just tell the truth one time. But he'll never do it. Yep. He'll never do it. I hate this guy. My brother, I remember my brother was really young. Like, I want to say he was like five or six. Remember like the Gillette Fusion commercials? Hell yeah. With like the ball technology? Yeah. My brother was like, what? I guess he saw one and then he saw Gary Bettman talking. And he was like, why does Gary Bettman's head look like the Gillette Fusion <laughs> ball razor? And it was because like Bettman like... Like his head basically bobbles when he talks, and I have not been able to get that out of my head ever since my brother said that. And my brother is now eighteen. Like, damn. But it's true. I can't unsee it. No, it's true, Gary. Like, I'm sure people can talk about how Gary, like Gary Bettman, you know, has has like hockey revenue has grown this much and this and that, whatever. Don't and that's care. Fine. That league is still so far behind socially that all of that doesn't matter. Like. The response to the Blackhawks, the Coyotes, like, none of it has been good. Every single, like, every single time that Gary Batman could go up there and, and be a voice of reason and a voice of calm has been terrible. I will say the NHL handled the bubble extremely well. I yes. think that that's a, that is a, a win across the board. They, they managed in the, in the height of the pandemic, you know, when, when it was raging. They were able to hold an entire playoffs plus a qualifying round in two separate satellite sites. Nobody got COVID. No, not a single positive test. That's remarkable. Everything he's done after that has been abject failure, whether it's response to social issues or whether it's the financial decisions he's made or whether it's the tone he has set, public speaking, or whether it's the actual leadership he's shown. It's unbelievable. Like I, I have never, I'll never forget sitting in, sitting in, um, or being part of that, that zoom press conference, uh, about the Kyle beach situation when it was, when, after the Jenner and block investigation came out where, where Gary Bettman said, you know, we have to get more information before, you know, help before 
providing counseling to John Doe too when the crime had already been convicted in a court of law? Like, what more do you need? It's yeah, like it w- it already passed the burden of proof in a criminal court of law, which is beyond a re- like beyond a reasonable doubt. Yeah. And I know so that he, he works for the owners and he's got to protect their interests. And I get that. But at a certain point in any job, morals have to seep in there somewhere. And I know that he can't go out and say all the things we want him to say, because that would, you know, that would be, you know, that'd be damaging to the people whose interests he's, tr- his job is to protect. And I get that. But at a certain point, morals and humanity have to seep through. And even from a PR perspective, because I like Gary Evans never been more hated than he is right now. I think like, what, like yeah. if there are fans for the Stanley Cup final, like I, I think I, I don't know if he should be put on the ice. Like I think that people will throw stuff at him and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But at some point you have to stand up there and you have to show that you have some humanity. And Gary Bettman has shown that he has no humanity, that, that the problem that we have shown, which is placing hockey interests over everything else, over real life problems. He has shown that he does that consistently. He only cares about the hockey aspects and he doesn't care about the social or personal aspects of the game. And like, it's disappointing. Uh, and, and, and that's not even factoring in how his decisions have held the league back from growing for years. But that's, that's, that's another thing. Anyway, next one. Tyler Bertuzzi and Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Now I am officially a, uh, is it, is it Mason Gearston? Gearstein? Mason Geertsen. Geertsen. I'm officially a Mason Geertsen fan. I mean, like, he's not sure. abjectly the worst hockey player in the NHL right now, but yes. No, I'm, I'm, but I'm, a, sure. like, I'm, yeah, I'm a full on stand because, you know, him, him and Tyler Bertuzzi roughing it up a bit. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi, by the way, is the single only NHL player who has not gotten the vaccine. And, Every and, single. And he got COVID and Helen Elliott asked him if he had changed his stance after getting COVID. He was like, no, I'm still not getting vaccinated. Only for Steve Eiserman, who we all like pretty much revere to come out and be like, I don't even think we need to be testing asymptomatic players. Like, what? Well, I, You know what? I'm going to give Steve Eiserman not a pass, but at least some benefit of the doubt because this thing freaking it, 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 the pandemic, like it just evolves by the day from the information and like, it's, it's tough to keep up on what is, like what, like what is okay and what's not like, you know, it, it, it's nuts. But Tyler Bertuzzi, like he had COVID every, like if you're, if you're in a position, if you're in any workplace and every single other, and let's say, let's say you're in a workplace and, um, and every single person around you, uh, has, is wearing white pants or no, is wearing red pants to work. But it's not and even just that, like, look at it, like, like the example is is pretty simple in hockey you get like shunned from a team for things like being late or for dressing yeah. not according to like the specific code or like not fitting in in the dressing room you want to talk about not fitting in how about putting your entire team at risk because you prefer like you got a medical degree from Facebook University mm. like are you joking I want to give a shout out to the guy who added me on LinkedIn just to talk, just to, just to criticize me for, for briefly mentioning the fact that Tyler Bertuzzi is the lone unvaccinated player in the NFL in a news piece I wrote. It wasn't even an opinion. It was just a, I was literally literally a news piece. Like you didn't give your opinion. He, he added, he sent like a a message, like not a message request. He sent a like connection request on LinkedIn and where you can send a message along with that. He essentially called me like a cuck and a loser and all that and to stick to sports. Meanwhile, this guy is an, this guy's a welder. He's a rig welder. And he, and apparently is is telling me much immunology at rig welding school. It's hilarious. So I just want to like that guy is has the smallest penis in recorded history so congratulations you'll be in the guinness book of world records but and Kyrie and like so yeah so tyler bertuzzi like every single one of his peers has not has is double vaccinated and he and and it's just it's just a clear show of hubris like he thinks he's special he thinks he's different he thinks he's smarter than everyone and it's you're not like like patently you're not and at this point no no amount of um at, like at this point, no amount of of 
science, no amount of pleading, no nothing is going to keep, and even no amount of him getting actual COVID is going to keep him from from getting. Yeah, like it. I so, look at it and I'm like, hang on a minute, like I did everything right, and that I have like long term mm-hmm. after effects. Why does it like? No, he should have to deal with what I'm dealing with. And you know what really annoys me is that everyone else did their like everyone else did their job. Everyone else got vaccinated. Every like everyone else, you know, stayed, you know, like distanced to some degree. They all got the they all got the jab. They all followed all the protocols. And now they have to be subjected to the same protocols as Tyler Bertuzzi, who did none of that now because of the rising cases. Like like I if I was an NHL player, I would be freaking furious at Tyler Bertuzzi because we all got we we all got the vaccine we all did everything we were told to do we complied with all of these urges and mandates and whatnot so we could so we could escape from the the you know the 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 harsh protocols that that we were given last season Tyler Bertuzzi did none of that and yet here we are you know until January 7th when it'll be revised and through no fault of our own we now have we are now on the same playing field again. I would be furious. With when him you want to talk about like, oh, he's a bad guy, he's selfish, he's this, he's that. No. There's a different like a guy in a dressing room that maybe like like PK Subban has this moniker for being a bad guy. This guy donated ten million dollars to a children's hospital. So like, no. Maybe he just shows more personality and oh, he doesn't fit in. You wanna talk about not fitting in? How about like literally being anti-science during a pandemic that is the type of shit that should get you shunned from the league from the 200 hockey men and yet here we are like to me i just look at it and i'm like i don't want to hear anybody be like even a vander kane like i don't even want to hear about it because there there is nothing short of literally committing an actual crime that is going to convince me that anybody is any worse for a locker room than Tyler Bertuzzi. He he's not just like a quote unquote bad guy because that could that could you know that could extend to someone who's like you said like late for meetings or you know like is a bit too boisterous or doesn't fit in. No, he's delusional. He's delusional. Yeah. At this point, like if you're if if Tony D'Angelo is more measured than you, and we'll get to him, then like you're you're delusional. Like at what point? I'm all about independent thinking and whatnot, but again, if you're in a if you're in a workplace that is filled with, you know, including staff members, like probably what over like fifteen fifteen hundred more people than that, like like three thousand people, in every two thousand nine hundred ninety nine of them have have complied with public health measures, and you're the one person who hasn't. Do you not, in some capacity, just take a look in the mirror and go like, hmm? Maybe I should do this. Like, maybe I have something wrong. The hubris and, and co- like, just delusion it takes for you to keep thinking after all this. No, I am the one who's right and everyone else is wrong. It's just, it's delusion. It's, it's brain worms. And you can't reason with someone like that. No, all right. you can't. Coming up next is a, is the biggest coward um, from on this list. It's Duncan Keith. Well, Duncan for many Keith's reasons. Legacy. Like, one, he also wasn't vaccinated. Yes. Had to be forced into that. Uh, Duncan Keith's legacy is ruined for me. Oh, it's totally like tarnished. I, he's still going like to go in the he, Hall of Fame, but it's tarnished. But every, like, every single time, and I, at least I hope this, and I do think it's going to happen, like every single time we talk about Duncan Keith now, like we're always going to f- mention this fact. That, he, that he, he definitely knew what was happening. And he <laughs> didn't say anything. And then... And then didn't participate didn't, in the Jenner and Block investigation. Like you could say whatever you like, want oh, about maybe Jonathan, I should. Yeah, you could say whatever you want about Jonathan Taves, and like you're right to will. do so. But at least he participated. At least, at least he like even if he walked in the room and said like I didn't know anything and lied, fine, that's terrible. But you know he put that on record. Duncan Keith was like, not only not only do I not know anything, even though it's that's a lie. He was like, I'm not even gonna like take the time to to meet with the lawyers to show that I care. Yeah, like I'm not going to give them the time of day because it's clearly not important to me. It's unbelievable. And then, yeah, so we talk about Duncan Key. The Oilers got him not only for his his play, even though that's declining, but for his like leadership abilities. And this guy showed up to like didn't get vaccinated, 
showed up to camp a week late, then complained about having to get vaccinated on a team where two players now can't play this year because of COVID after effects. And then later in the season was show, like, did all the stuff that we just mentioned, didn't in, in participate in investigation, likely falsified like his, his level of, of knowing, considering involvement, knowing knowledge, whatever, even though he was a leader on that, on the ice, all of that. He's a coward. And I like, Dunk Keith used to be one of my favorite players. I used to have a Duncan Keith like jersey, like a shirt jersey of him that I got in Chicago because I thought he's a hard nosed defenseman and he plays like thirty minutes night and he's great. Legacy's tarnished. Like like I don't care if Duncan Keith gets in the Hall of Fame. I don't care, you know, if he's honored or whatever. Like I will never be able to look at this player again and separate his play on the ice from his failings as a as a compassionate human being. Right, because one is you above know? the other. Like to me, I look at it and. When people talk about, when you think about, it, people talk about somebody like Jean Beliveau, they don't talk yeah. about his hockey ability first. They talk about who he, he, the man was asked twice to be the governor general. Like people, people talk about John Beliveau because not only was he a great hockey player, he was first and foremost, a fantastic person. And there are a lot of, and the Montreal Canadiens have had a lot of great hockey players, but why John Beliveau is remembered and revered so, so fondly is because of the, the, great person he was it allows his legacy to last for generations and, like, and it allows suban will be similar in that like people aren't going to remember him for how like what his contract was they're going to remember him for the fact that he donated 10 million dollars to a children's hospital listen like suban sucks ass right now on the ice like, oh trust does. me i'm fully aware but I still root for him. I still cheer for him. And I still, you know, selfishly hope he one day plays for the Leafs, even though he sucks right now because he's a good person. And at some point that, you know, that, that, that takes precedent that, that matters. Yeah. And Duncan Keith is not, not a good dude. Yeah. And that's, that's that. Speaking of not good dudes, it's everyone's favorite time of the year or time of the pod. We haven't done this in a while. Mike. Do you want to refresh everybody as to why uh, you don't like Tony D'Angelo and why he's also on the Permanente list? Because he's, he's the dude, he's the epitome of like white privilege. Like, oh, he is man. the, like, how Did many, you see his self-awareness the other week though? I was, yeah, I was shocked. shocked. That is, that is, that is PR training. Like, when, like at least, you know, when the, when the Canadian or the Canadians, they were almost gotten, but when the, when the Canes signed him, they were like, we're going to like, they put a big thing in like, we're going to help like show him the right path. And like, clearly that's a tangible example of them doing so because in any other year he would have gone, gone on asked about COVID and being like, Oh, I think it's a hoax. I just had to take the vaccine. Cause I was forced to and wanted to play. But no, he was like, I think I'm the last person people want to hear from this. And Everyone as much as like, it sucks, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, look, as much as it sucks and that the fact that he even has to say that proves that he's still a dipshit. Um, at least he didn't say that, which is nice and, and didn't, and didn't use his platform as a professional athlete to delegitimize science in the middle of a pandemic. Like he's done in the past. The bar um, is on the floor. And you know what? This time he stepped over the bar. So let me just like, let's take a look at the watch your tone podcast because we have Tony D'Angelo who punched his own goalie and then was essentially fired. Like he was, you know, he was, he was stashed away from the team um, a team that was trying to win, by the way, and he's a pretty decent player. And and so that that's that. And then there's also Brendan Lemieux, who is now who <laughs> you know, bounced around eating people <laughs> and bit twice bit a player because that's like that is a child behavior. <laughs> it is these like like, you know, you shit know, like, attracts dogs shit. get put down for biting people like. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't I don't advocate for you know killing Brandon, Brandon Lemieux because he bit a guy. No, but, but that, like I that's do, the level of behavior we're talking about here. Like there are other animals that yeah. could be put down for doing what Brendan Lemieux did. Absolutely. So like um, it's it's unbelievable that yeah that podcast both of those members and and the fact that the New York Rangers retweeted it is another thing. But oh, God. Um, but look at least Tony Giangelo has has shut the fuck up this year. Um, that's we haven't had nice. It's been nice. We haven't had antics because look, if you're going to be a, a shitty person, it, just be a shitty person. Don't be a shitty person, but oh, be yeah. a shitty person in private. And Tony D'Angelo was very much not a shitty person in private. At least now that's what he's doing. Right. And 
I the day that he exit the NH- exits the NHL will be a glorious day. But until then, at least he's keeping his gosh darn mouth shut. Um, which is I can't say for Brendel Mew because when he opens his mouth, he bites someone. Um, <laughs> So you know what? Maybe but, next year Tony D'Angelo won't find himself on the naughty list. Maybe he'll just be like not listed anywhere because he's he's working. The trajectory is positive for him. Let's hope he continues yeah. on that path. We love a positive trajectory. All right, second last, second last names I guess on this list. A group of individuals. It's, yeah, it is. Uh, it's everyone, essentially everyone involved in the Logan Mayu pick. So that's Mark Bergevin, Trevor Timmons, and Logan Mayu. Um, I think it was pretty telling when Mark Bergevin got fired that there wasn't the, like, there wasn't the wave of sympathy or respect or reverence that even someone like Jim Benning got. Like, Jim Benning was a was maybe the worst general manager we've had in the salary cap era that's lasted more than like a season and a half because Paul Fenton would probably take that. Yeah. That title. And nobody's ever touching. Well, I don't know, man. Peter Shirelli is actually, that's true. No, Peter Shirelli is the worst, but Jim <laughs> Benning like came, came pretty close. But Guess who um, was uh, Jim Benning's mentor. Was it Peter Shirelli? It oh yeah, it was. He's <laughs> on Boston. Yeah. Incredible. Apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, but at least, like, people, like, when we were on this podcast, we went, like, oh, man, you know, I just feel bad for Jim Benning. Like, yeah, yeah, he's not bad at his job. He doesn't seem like a bad guy, and he was clearly trying his best, whatever. Mark Bergevin seems like a bad guy, you know? Mark Bergevin, like, there have been so many, there's so many people since Mark Bergevin took over for the Canadians who have been either hired or linked to the Canadians organization that it just, like, it's it's it goes from being a pattern, it goes from being, like, a weird pattern to like an actual trend. Like it's, it's like Tony, the Canadians were like immediately when Tony D'Angelo was, was somewhat was put on waivers and the Rangers was like, literally anyone take this guy off our hands, please. We hate him. All that because he's, you know, he's a racist and he's Islamophobe and he's a COVID denier and Trump support and all that. And like, it was reported immediately that the, that the Canadians were interested. Well, do you remember the and Slava Voinov situation? I was just about to say that, that they were interested in Slava Voinov. They hired Sean Burke, who is, who is convicted for domestic abuse. And if you want to read, like I've read the, I have read the transcript of the 911 call Ooh. from his wife at the time. It's grisly. Um, it is, it, and like, and if then, you think like, and then he drafted uh, Logan Mayu. And as we've said before, this wasn't even a case like when the when the when the Arizona Coyotes drafted Mitchell Miller, they did so because he was a second round talent who due to these due to the horrific acts that he had committed fell to it was the fourth round, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And they the thought round. and they saw it as, oh, this is like this is an opportunity cost for us. You know, we can do like we're going to get even though like there's some terrible things here, we're going to we're going to get a second round talent in the fourth round. Bergevin didn't even do that. No, he, he got like reached, a second or third round talent in the first round. He reached in the first round to select a convicted sex criminal who less than 24 hours prior to the selection had released a public statement through his agent that said that essentially said, please do not pick me. The crimes I have committed make me unworthy of being in the NHL and I still have much to learn. And Bergevin not only saw that, he went and saw that and thought, I'm going to pick this guy. He said, I am going to reach and pick this guy in the first round when the most amount of coverage is on this pick. Because if he picked him in the third, fourth, fifth round, people would have tuned out by then. It would have been a story, but it wouldn't. we wouldn't have seen him step to the podium and pick those guys. It would have just been reported on NHL Network. But he made it a spectacle, apparently surprising like Jeff Molson and surprising the hockey world. And then... Well, it like, was if one you just of the most look at the faces of, like, the people broadcasting, they were like, what? <laughs> and then, I was, as- what's funny is that I was asleep. Like, I-, I fell asleep watching the draft that night. I fell asleep sitting up in my bed watching the draft with the TV still on. I woke up at, like, two in the morning, so disoriented about that. Checked my phone, saw it, and I was like, ah, oh, I need to go to bed. But, and then on top of that. So you've made this decision. You were clearly prepared enough for the backlash that you had a PR statement already prepared, yeah, ready to go. And you and no one thought to prep the AGM who ran the draft on how to answer tough questions because Trevor Timmons is sitting on a Zoom call 
um, press conference about talking about this draft. And Mark Antoine Godin, I believe, um, asked uh, from the Athletic, asked him if the pretty much the most like the most basic question that was likely sh- like that should have been the opener was if Logan Mayu said himself that he wasn't worthy of being selected. What made you think that you should pick him? And thus began the loudest 21 seconds of silence in maybe hockey history. And if you look at that clip, it's it's one of the most embarrassing public, like public speaking clips um, in hockey history. It's oh, it was atrocious. not good. It's especially because he went like I do. Like I go when I'm when I'm when someone asks me, would you like a super salad as a side? I go, oh, man. I don't know. Like that's not that's not a that's not a response. That's to when you think, oh, why did we draft this sexual predator again? And then he didn't even answer the question at the end. He says, so what do you mean by that? Can you repeat that? It's Trevor Timmons is not working right now. And I don't care. I don't care how many, you know, hockey lifers, quote unquote, Grant McKegg, who called me classless for pointing this out on Twitter. Grant McKegg, um, who also told me I didn't know how to do academic research. Yeah, Grant McKegg can go fuck himself. I'm just going to say that. But anyway, um, Trevor Timmons not working is a good thing for hockey because A, he was terrible at his job. The Canadians are the worst drafting NHL team in the league right now. And Gee, where did you get that? Uh, Rachel Dory's uh, stellar research. And <laughs> the fact that he, and he led that, but also him backing that pick and then failing to be able to be prepared for, for the most rudimentary questions about defending it. You don't deserve to, to be in the NHL. And yeah, so I'm glad you got good. fired. No. And then Logan Mayu, fuck you, man. Like, yeah, we don't, you don't even need to cover to why Logan right Mayu's on the naughty yeah. list. We all know. All right, Rachel. And to end this, let's go. Yeah, because my mom is actually currently standing out in the cold with 2,000 people in front of her trying to get a vaccine because the la- her last dose was in March of this year. So she's been like almost 10 months without her second dose. So she's like super at risk and she's a cancer survivor. Wait, without her second dose? Or I'm sorry, since her second dose. Yeah, okay. Um and so like she's waiting, 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 waiting. Like she doesn't even know if she's going to get vaccinated because our provincial government to put it mildly sucks. There has not been a single instance of them making a correct decision on the first try in this entire no, pandemic. No, not literally not one. They have either made the flat out wrong decision or they have scrambled or they have scrambled to respond to crisis when they should have been ahead of it. You had two years to plan a rollout of rapid tests, a rollout of booster shots, and you were given four billion dollars by the federal government to help do that. And you spent none of it and you did nothing. And now we are woefully unprepared for this. You know what's so funny? How are we? Uh, is, what? So my job, one of my like jobs at the bank was to create the dashboard for the provincial government that showed how the federal money was being spent. Okay. And I lost a week of hard coding because I thought there was an error in something I had done because when I had looked up the dashboard that I had built, it was like, Four some odd billion dollars hasn't been spent yet. And I was like, there's no way that's true. Like, there's no way that's true. So I spent a week going through uh, like over a thousand lines of code to figure out where my error was, only to find out that our goddamn government actually has just been sitting on this money. You. Oh, I was furious. Not only that they hadn't spent the money, but two. I just wasted a week of time trying to do this because I could not, like, it didn't even enter my head that maybe they didn't spend the money because I was like, that would be a completely asinine thing to do. And yet here we are. They still haven't spent that money. Like, Doug Ford saying, like, asking healthcare workers to volunteer and then backpedaling immediately and being like, well, we'll pay them. Of fucking course you will, because you have $4 billion in federal funding. What the hell are you doing? I like, and even the restrictions don't make sense. Like 10 people, like uh, you're not allowed to put 10 people. 
you're not allowed to put 10 people into like your own house, but 10,000 people can cram into a hockey rink and weddings don't have like weddings don't have capacity limits. Like, so you know what you're going to do on Christmas? This is what we're going to do. We're going to have like my house is like 5,000 square feet. Like it's big. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know what? We're going to have probably like 15 people over here for Christmas and everyone's going to have a rapid test before they come because I have them. Uh, and like, we're all vaccinated. You have to be vaccinated to come. And you know what? We're just, if someone shows up at our door, we're going to be like, oh, we're celebrating a wedding. Like we're having an in-house wedding because guess what? Apparently COVID doesn't exist for weddings and funerals, which is like beyond stupid. I don't even know how that, but that just goes to show you that the measures that the Ontario government is taking are being driven by the people who are lining Doug Ford's pockets and not by public health. And you know what? I Don't get me wrong. I don't love how Mr. Trudeau has handled the pandemic, but he has handled it miles better than Justin Trudeau, uh, than yeah. Doug Ford, sorry. Justin Trudeau has done a much better job of doing it. And like Justin Trudeau, I was actually like, I got told by someone who's actually in parliament that Trudeau wanted to just shut down travel. Like, nope, that's it. You're not coming in. Like, because we need to shut this shit off. Like no one's coming in from anywhere. And he had to be talked out of that. So he actually wanted to take more serious measures. Meanwhile, our Ontario government can't even get the fucking rapid test out on time. We're playing like roulette basically to get rapid tests. Thank God through like, uh, somebody that I know that has access to rapid tests. Like, my family has them. But you know what I'm not doing, Mike? What? Selling them. Yeah. I'm keeping the two boxes, three boxes that I need for, like, my family to get through. And then I had an extra two boxes, and I gave them to my friends who I knew had people who are immune compromised in their family. I gave them to them. Because that's the right thing to do. It's, you're right. And, and and you know what? The other thing is, I saw this. I forget where I saw it on Twitter, but I thought of you when I saw it. Because I'm okay. like, this is something Mike would say. If Canada Post can reliably deliver mm. the junk flyers to my fucking mailbox every day, yeah. then they can reliably deliver rapid tests too. Yeah, I, I get... The amount of flyers, coupons, cr- like, you know, cr- like uh, uh, credit cards that I'm, uh, you know, that are huge scams that, that are sent that I get every single day in my mailbox. And what? Like, we can't rely on Canada Post to send these things. So Canada They're not Post big. is obviously federal. But my point yeah. is, take off Doug Ford and like clearly Alberta as well. They have clearly shown that they are not prepared for how to do this. So you need to take those privileges away and tell them, you know what? You're actually, you're grounded. We're going to go back to preschool. You're grounded. You can go sit in timeout. We are now going to handle the rollout of the rapid test because clearly you cannot be trusted. And then you know what? Justin Trudeau activates Canada Post. And with every flyer you deliver, you also deliver a rapid test. You want to deliver me a flyer? I better be getting a fucking rapid test to go with it. Yeah, it's you have the you have them like, look, I'm not even against like using LCBOs to distribute them because look, it they, like it's a provincially owned thing that you know yeah, has a fine. ton of like whatever. Like if, if you want to use those as a, as a distribution point, that's fine, but at least stock them properly. And yeah, so they don't run out the same day. <laughs> it's it. It could not have been handled worse. Like Doug for and, and what I love, too, is like the like the like curfews. Not curfews, but like the oh, like bars are like have to close at eleven p.m. Like, do you do they think that COVID like only comes out at eleven p.m.? Like, like, like a virus can't tell time. <laughs> it's going to infect you whether it's three in the morning or three in the afternoon. It doesn't matter. Like, what what good does a, a eleven p.m. last call do? And I'm not even someone who goes out that much. But like, what good does like a last call do? Because all except for just screwing restaurant workers and bar workers and bartenders. And you know what the telltale sign of like just how poorly this has been handled is what a lot of people in the town, in the city that we live in, in Toronto have Mm -hmm. problems with John Tory. And I don't really follow what, to what the extent the problems are, but I do know that he's not like the most popular. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's bad, 
when people are lauding John Tory and the Toronto City Councillors for going, you know what, our Ontario government is friggin' useless, and we are going to activate, and we are going to roll out vaccines. There's an extra 6,000 appointments in the next three days. There's 6,700 appointments in the next three days because the city of Toronto said, you know what, Doug Ford can't be trusted. We're going to do this ourselves. And so they're just doing it. Like, do you know, like, Ottawa did the same thing. Do you know how bad you have to be at your job to be making mayors look good? And John Tory is definitely not a, like... A for the people kind of marries. He's he's super rich. He owns a big uh, a big hand in like Rogers that we learned from that from their you know succession style power struggle that just happened. And he also is well known for like essentially deploying like SWAT teams to parks to clear out homeless, homeless people, people because it just looks bad. Like it's in the middle of a pandemic, by the way. Yeah, like um, don't do that. So to like. The bar and and, and as, as well with Trudeau, like I don't think anyone has handled this pandemic well. I don't think any like there are New some Zealand. like lead, like yeah no but I mean sorry I meant like in Canada like I don't yeah. think any provincial leader or federal leader has handled this pandemic well. I think the but closest you, is either Nova Scotia or PEI. Yeah, yeah, because they first of all they have the least population, but also they and they were just essentially like hey this sucks let's just fucking close everything down and they have we, had rapid tests available for like weeks now. Oh my god! I don't know but, how they managed to do that, but hey. Do you do you have any idea how bad you have to be at your job to make Justin Trudeau look better right now? And on top of that, and this is important. On top of that, you are the premier of the biggest, most like, and let's be real here: the biggest and most important province in the in the country. Oh yeah, we represent like a big portion of our country's GDP. And your daughter is pu- it publicly, and you're in the middle of a pandemic. Your your job is to guide the biggest province and most influential province in the country through a global pandemic. And your daughter is one of the most outspoken, you know, vocal, you know, uh, uh, upfront people on being anti-vaccination, anti-lockdowns, anti what possible credibility do you hold anymore for me to trust or believe anything you say that has related that is related to like when, for example, when a news report comes out yesterday that you are like you were essentially barred from entering your home because because of anti-vax protesters outside. How am I supposed to biggest, feel bad? The biggest and most o- and most obvious joke should not be just let your daughter in, man. <laughs> which is which is what Justin Fisher did the other day. Which is so it's objectively incredible. Funny. So it's but like, like, you know how I am, you know how I feel, because you know what my background is and you know yeah. about all the history and shit that I've had to learn about, given that I'm half half Chinese and German. Yeah. It's not great that the thought has crossed my mind more than once that, you know what, maybe democracy is bad. Like, maybe this level of democracy is bad. Yeah, because at some point the prime minister or the leader of the nation should be able to say, you know what? You're bad at your job and you are gone. Like he really should be able to do that because look at the, look at what Jason Kenny's doing. Look at what Doug Ford is doing. Like to me, there needs to be some type of mechanism or power where our leader of like the elected leader of the country can go, you know what? You are not acting in the best interests of your citizens, and therefore you are no longer in charge of them. Like, you're gone. And I'll tell you what, there are going to be people that vote for Doug Ford in June, and if you do, stop listening to this podcast. We don't like you. And you know what? Mike and I, like, Mike has a, a degree in political science. My sister is taking a degree in politics. Uh, We are both well-educated on, because I had to listen to my sister all the damn time. I don't like the liberals either. But you know what? I will take anybody but the conservatives or the PPC people at this point, because everyone else, whether it's the liberals, the NDP, the Green Party, has at least shown some level of compassion for their constituents. And that matters. Like, it really matters. And at the end of the day, all we're doing is asking for compassion 
from our leadership and to lead with empathy. People who lead with empathy do not make things available for their friends only. They do not input measures that will positively impact their friends and negatively impact everyone else. People who lead with compassion and empathy do it from a utilitarian, like, who is it going to benefit the most? And like, Mm -hmm. what's going to benefit the most people? And that's the type of leadership we need right now. And I don't ever want to hear from Doug Ford again. Absolutely. I couldn't, I think that's a great place to end it. Couldn't have said it better myself. Um, Look, there's a, there is a, there's a provincial election coming in June. And I urge you to think really hard about how, you know, how this has been handled and what, and whether or not the government has been looking out for your best interests and, uh, and vote along uh, and vote with, uh, with whatever conclusion you come to there, because, I think if, I think anyone, regardless of political affiliation, if you really take a step back and think about how, just how in your corner this current government has been, I think you'd be surprised. All right, and, and in a bad way, surprising. And I hope way. all of the people that we just talked about get coal in their stockings. Yeah. And I hope th- all the people we just talked about. I hope they get vaccinated. I hope they. I hope they. <laughs> that turn, too. I hope they. I hope they turn a uh, you know a, a new leaf. I hope they you know like there are a lot of people who have you know pulled one eighties and learned, and I hope a lot of them do too. But there's also right now four dogs walking outside, and they're all fluffy oh, and cute. That's awesome. That's a great. It's a great thing um, to end it on. I do need to cover news that just broke. So, Rachel. We are at the logical end of the podcast here. If you would like to find Rachel on Twitter, you can find her at Rachel Dory. The podcast is on Twitter at Staff Graph. You can find on me Twitter on Twitter, at- but you're not allowed to diagnose my heart condition. Yes, exactly. That's the stipulation. Yeah. Um, you can also uh, uh, you can also find the podcast on iTunes, uh, on Spotify, Google Play, any podcatcher under the sun. Um, you can find, uh, our merch at Redbubble, redbubble.com slash staff and graph shop. Um, write us a nice review. We love those nice reviews. If it's going to be negative, at least make it entertaining enough for us to laugh at you for being a dork. And Rachel, before we, before we head off, would you like to leave our listeners with anything? Wear a mask, wash your hands. And for the actual love of God, get vaccinated. Get vaccinated.